that is truly how you're advancing your career, how you're advancing your leadership, how you're advancing your sales. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast. We are here today with Lee Hayward. Lee is the best-selling author and image strategist that I use as my own personal stylist in my business. So I'm super excited to have her on the show. We are going to use my business, my experience with the stylist as the pull back the curtains. How does this whole thing work? And I'm super excited uh, to do that. As more backstory, Lee is the founder of The Prosperous Image, a consulting firm that gives clients an edge in the moments that matter. She works with elite service professionals. I think that would be me. Okay. Um, to curate a personal and business brand that gives them a decisive advantage in their industry. Lee is also the author of Simply Effortless Style and her most recent book, Strategically Suited, which I'm super excited to hear all about. Uh, Lee believes your image is a powerful marketing tool, which I believe as well, uh, that you always have access to. She's happily married with two children, a dog and a cat, and she's also my stylist, as I've said. So welcome to the podcast, Lee. Super excited to have you here. Thanks for having me. This is going to be so fun. I know. I know. So as backstory for everyone, Lee and I have been working back and forth together. I am Lee's client. She's my stylist and has been for a year or two now, maybe longer. I, it, all, yeah, all about a year and a half. Yeah, quite a while. And then Lee has also worked with me as a client. Uh, she's done various different things. Well, she's done a VIP day. And so I'm, I'm intimately involved in her business as both a client and uh, a coach. So now we are going to do it from the client side. And um, I just thought this would make such a great peek behind the scenes. People ask me all the time about my style, but also... I just want to riff for a moment on this concept of self-image. It's something that I teach in depth. I do it at our summits. I do it in the spirit of wealth. It's such a critical piece of how to achieve your goals. The things that you have defined for yourself as success. My, my women tend to have income as part of that growth in their, their business, but it's not just around the business. But I, our identity is so locked up in how we either achieve what we want or self-sabotage in that. And so I talk about self-image from an identity perspective, and I know that you have to do the work on the belief side, the inner work, and you have to take different actions on the outer side, on the, in the outer game. And I would just love to start with that as a stepping off point in our conversation, what is your philosophy perspective on how styling, which tends to be such an outer, people think of it as such an outer game thing, actually works with helping someone change their self-image as I define it, not just like how you look, but how you see yourself, that identity piece? Yeah, I think that is huge. So, I mean, I 100% agree with you. 
that a lot of times you come into a style question or a fashion concept really from the outer game to use your words. But what happens is a lot of people that show up at Nordstrom, they get a personal shopper, they call a stylist, whatever, you know, whatever route they take and they get a Band-Aid and you feel maybe okay for a short period of time. But the unfortunate part is you didn't do the work on the inside to support the changes that are happening on the outside. And it creates this mismatch, this complete out of alignment thing that's happening. And the person that feels it most is your potential client. They can feel there is a mismatch between what this person is putting out into the world and how they truly feel. And it's just a subconscious feeling that instantly tells them, nope put the brakes on, possibly not for me. And this isn't really how people are thinking about style or clothes, but it is 100,000 million percent the most important piece. If you don't do the work on the inside, I mean, in my opinion, you're literally just flushing your money down the toilet. Yeah, that's so important. So there's this, this the energetics of style need to be integrated, aligned, the inner and the outer. Now, my experience with that league goes back further than when we started to work together. Uh, and I don't know if you've actually seen the photos that I show at the summit of mine. I have. I you came have? to Okay. Yes. So, amazing. Right? Like back in 2012, 2013, when I was starting this journey, I, I started having photo shoots for my, my business. And there's this whole uh, evolution of how I show up in the camera. And now these are photo shoots, you guys, professional photo photographers. Um, ultimately I started getting hair and makeup done. I started working, you know, on my style in terms of clothing and things like that. And you can see how it evolves into being an integrated representation. But my experience, Lee, and, and I'd love your take on this, is that it wasn't that I had to fake it until I make it because I don't believe in the concept of faking it, but I had to do the thing that didn't feel correct yet. I, it was an intellectual idea. I saw myself in photos. I said, that's not who I want to be. That's not, that doesn't sync with who I am on the inside. There's something out of alignment there. Let's start making these incremental steps to syncing these two things up. When I started making those incremental steps, it didn't feel right. It, I felt like a fraud. I felt like imposter syndrome. I felt like all the things you just said around like, if you didn't do the inner work, except I was doing the inner work. I was just doing it in, in an iterative process. But can you talk a little bit about like how this isn't, you, you said it, it's not a Band-Aid, but I also think it's not one and done. Like there's an evolution here. It is for sure an evolution. I think the most powerful photograph, particularly of you, is the one that you show where you're wearing the same shirt, however many years ago that was, and then fast forward a couple of years later. And if you see this photo of Amera guys, like it is literally the same shirt, but you would never believe it because the woman in it just transcends energy completely differently. And that is the kind of the interesting thing is like, you can't fill your closet with stuff and be like, phew, I went to style school. I got it down now because it's a constant evolution of who you are. It doesn't mean you 
you know, a lot of people hate shopping. So the worst thing they're hearing me say right now is like, oh my God, I'm going to have to buy clothes all the time. Not necessarily, but you just do have to do a check-in to make sure that what is happening is currently aligned with the growth that you've had. And I think when it comes to dressing the outer portion of you, it really asks you to step up to a bigger stage that you really haven't had to do before because you've been playing at a certain level. And when you step into the bigger stage, you have to push that comfort zone out in a pretty big way. 100%. I think of this as there's there's an adage that I learned from my mentor and I share with my clients, which is make decisions from the place you want to be, not yeah. from the place you are now. And that's how I, f I have felt every time I've done an iteration on the outer game style. It's I look at the photos, I, I feel into how I'm being and and where I want to go. Even now, Lee, Lee and I just spoke last night because she's styling me for, for this Paris trip that I'm taking clients on. If you're interested in Paris, there's one more space left. So reach out to us. But I know, so sexy. Um, and we were talking about the evolution that I've gone on. And I was like, I don't want this anymore. I want, this is sort of the vibe I'm going for. And my process with that, Lee, is like, I feel a discomfort with how I'm showing up. And then I tap into where that dissonance is and I imagine what the solution is. And then I have an expert in my back pocket and I, you know, run at the mouth to Lee about like all of this and she synthesizes for me and then translates it into, ah, this is, this is what we need to tap into now. And so even though I feel like I've tapped into my, inner fashionista a few years ago, like it's an, it's an evolution. It doesn't, I haven't found that it stops. Do, do you feel like you have gotten there and like, you're done, you're all good? No, it's a constant evolution. And I think one of the great reminders and a little bit of like tangible exercise that people can actually do for this is one of the, for starters, no matter where you come in to work with me, we start in the same place. And it always starts at the highest vision that you can see and believe. And that is who we create a wardrobe and a persona and identity for. And then we do the work that whatever you need to step into that. Let's pause there for a second. Use the word okay. persona, okay? And I think that might, I think we need to clarify that. Okay. Because I think some some listeners are going to say persona. Oh, you're putting on an act. You're, you're, uh, trying to show up as someone you're not. Talk to, talk to us about what you mean by persona. So, and persona may actually just straight up be the wrong word, but for most people, I create a metaphor or a label or like a lot of times I joke that I'm going to give everybody like a sash, like you are going to um, whatever pageant, but it's your pageant. So like if you were walking around every day in the, you know, your own show pageant, what would this sash say? You know, there's the movie Miss Congeniality. That's what that one said. But would yours say like badass powerhouse, $6 million entrepreneur? Okay, let's wear that around. And sometimes we need a little bit, in my experience, you need a little bit of a label to remind you of like, oh, this is actually who I am. So it's not a fake persona. There's nothing about faking it to make it. If you can see it, it's already there. It already exists. 
Correct. We are just using it as a reminder to be like, no, no, this is actually who you are. Let's dress for this person. Yeah, absolutely. For me, my experience was like, I know who I am. And then I would see myself in the mirror or I would see myself in photos and I'd be like, oh, I'm actually not showing up how I feel on the inside. Mm-hmm. And I needed to sync those two things up. And then there's this twist on it, which is I'm always, you know, the next level goal that I have in my business it comes to me, I set it, I claim it. I'm like, okay, booyah, we're, we're doing this. And then the very next question is who do I need to be to be yes. someone who achieves that? Because if I was already that person, I would have already achieved it. This is how the laws work. This is the law of vibration at play. And we're not going to go into that in huge depth right now because it's a, it's a great topic, but I've covered it elsewhere in the podcast. Maybe we can link in the show notes. So go listen. And I always ask that question, who do I need to be? And that I think is, who do I need to be on the inside? But then who do I need to be on the outside also? And one of the ways I've done that, and you've been instrumental in that, is by how I dress and how how I style myself. And how else it comes in is how I move, how I set up my day, for instance, I used to be someone who had that pile of clothes on the chair in the bedroom, right? I also had a very tiny closet and I didn't know what to do, like how to get, right? It was complicated. And (laughs) I think there are many people who have the pile of clothes, right? This is not like an uncommon thing. But I decided I wanted to be a woman who took care of her space at a different level, who created an environment for herself. Because I would look at that chair and it remind, would remind me that I didn't, like, that I was messy, that I didn't have my stuff together, that, like, I was always rushing. There were, like, implications to that for me, maybe not for you, but for me. And so I shifted how I responded, like, how I showed up. Clothes go back in the closet. They get hung up. The way I walked was another way that I had to, like, own that new self-image. So to a question for you, how do you help women step into the clothes when it's not just about the clothes, right? How do you help them step into what those clothes call forward in them? Well, I mean, it is exactly what you just said. I mean, I think one of the switches that, you know, if I, if I had a magic wand and could mess with everybody's head, which sounds crazy, but like, I would love for people to see that style is less about like clothes and it really truly is about being. It is just a tool to help you be who you are meant to be. And so, you know, one of the one of the very simple exercises that people can do is is um, simply ask, how do I want to feel? And this is counterintuitive because usually when you're thinking about style, clothes, it's all about how you want to look. How you want to look is irrelevant until you figure out how you truly want to feel. That's so goodly. Like I'm constant, do you, I mean, you know this, I'm like having an aha moment, but I'm constantly, <laughs> I'm constantly saying to you, I wanna feel comfortable, I yeah. wanna feel, right? Like I'm always using feeling words. Like I wanna feel, like I don't wanna feel fussy. I wanna feel, right? Like I used that last night, right? Absolutely. And so I'm well, constantly talking about feeling. I didn't, I didn't recognize that until you just said that. It's, it's so important. And it's step number one. And like step number one, a is realizing that they are, that there is what I call feeling givens, right? So when I ask people, all right, how do you want to feel number one? They're like, I want to feel confident. I'm like, 
Super. Number two, they're like, I want to feel comfortable. Okay. No, ma'am. No, ma'am, Pam. Those are givens. Of course, you're going to feel confident. And of course, you're going to feel comfortable. Otherwise, we have done this all wrong. So you got to take it one level up of like, I want to feel like a glamazon. I want to feel, you know, badass. I want to feel absolutely anything. And the most important part to remember is that we put our own definitions on those words. Like don't, you don't need to go look it up at Webster. It doesn't really matter what one person defines as sexy. It only matters what you define as sexy or what you define as badass. And that's really key to remember that there's like comparison is irrelevant. It is just truly what would make you feel badass if that is something that goes on your list. Okay, since you're you're using the word badass, and okay. I think that's on my list, um, <laughs> let's let's break this down into some concrete examples. We just had a conversation yeah. last night about Paris, and you're like going behind my back and getting the details from my team, which I'm so grateful for, by the way, because I'm like holding out on like what we're doing, and I don't want to um, blow the experiences for uh, any of my clients that might be listening to this, but like, how do you approach an event like that? So, so just as backstory, Lee does things for me that uh, like cross the gamut. We, we do, uh, events like the summits and our spirit of wealth, uh, retreats for, for the women in our program. And she styles me for those. Those are events like day by day. This is what, how you need to look. And it's sort of in front of the camera. And then she styles me for every day, right? Like, I'm like, I just want comfy clothes, right? Okay, here you go, right? And then and then we have things like this Paris trip uh, where I'm taking a group of women to Paris and we are having these incredibly sensual ad adventures, um, really experiencing Paris through the senses. What, when, when you approach those three different kinds of, I have two questions here. How did you approach the conversation last night? Because I think that would be super useful for people when they're looking at their own stuff and, and how to how to approach it. And then how do you approach the different kinds of events? Because I'm I'm, you know, when I'm working at home on Zoom, it might be a different energy than when I'm on stage or in Paris, for instance. Sure, absolutely. Okay, so it's kind of let me start here. No matter what you're doing, no matter what I am doing, anybody else, there is one key goal when you are thinking about how you are showing up. And that is Wallace Waddle's concept of impression of increase. 100%. So unless you are really thinking about impression of increase, in my opinion, you're just slapping band-aids on you. So okay, when let's, let's pause right there. Okay, pause. Okay, I'm going to give you back the mic, but I need everyone to know what the impression of increase is. So the impression of increase is this concept in the science of getting rich by Wallace Waddles. And he says, you need to impress upon everyone, everyone, not just some people, not just your clients or potential clients, but everyone that you are an advancing person, meaning you can help that you're going someplace, you're growing and that you can help them if they join your party, that you can help them have more life, have a greater life, grow in the ways they want to grow, i.e. increase. So you are impressing upon others that you can help them have more life and increase their life. Okay, back to you. Yeah. Excellent. Well, and particularly as a leader, no matter what position you're in, 
that's if if you're leaving something, you are impressing upon people to come with you. They it, they advance. So my job, whether you are a little postage size Zoom stamp, standing on the biggest stage of your life, or taking an amazing intimate trip to Paris, is to figure out what is the essence and what is the impression of increase that would be most strategic in order to truly help both you be your best self and then the others that are there to be impacted by you. And so that's always the place that I'm coming from. And so that's how I'm helping you make decisions as to what to wear and anybody else, because at the end of the day, that is truly how you're advancing your career, how you're advancing your leadership, how you're advancing your sales. There's a really fun story. I don't know if you've ever read this book, but um, it's actually a David Nagel recommendation of how showmanship sells is by Elmer Letterman. And it's out of print. If anybody can ever find it for less than like $3,000, buy it. <laughs> but the story goes that um, Elmer Letterman, he's like one of the most famous insurance salesmen of all time in the sixties. And he goes to this event in New York and he is wearing a pair of handmade shoes. So at the time, the shoes that were custom made, they cost about $130. Everyone else in the room, including these huge real estate moguls, are wearing regular old shoes that cost like $12. And this gentleman sees the shoes and is so impressed by this little detail that he like parades Elmer Letterman around the group that evening and introduces him to all his friends literally to show him the shoes. And long story short, he develops relationships because of the shoes that did $1 million worth of real estate sales in one night from those, those connections. I love it. So what you're saying, if I translate that, is go buy those shoes that you really want. <laughs> I had a, a, a client at our last Spirit of Wealth retreat. Her luggage uh, was delayed and she had a photo shoot. And so she went shopping because we do the fo these photo shoots at the event. And she, she went shopping and she's like, oh, I bought them. They were like $1,200 shoes, right? Like more money than she had ever spent before on the, these shoes. But they, like the way she carried herself in them, it moved her to that next level. And, the, and I'm not making the argument that you have to spend $1,200 on shoes, though I do have a little bit of a shoe fetish myself. But... Um, it, 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 it does change your energy if you're in love with the thing and it's different, right? It's different than if you're shopping to fill a void, right? That's a total, like, you're not talking about like just frivolously spending money willy nilly because there's a big, uh, hole in your heart that you're trying to fill. That's not going to give you the kind of energy you're talking about. Right. But I mean, to your point, you are giving a perfect example of what we were just talking about, that literally clothing, style, fashion, whatever label you want to put on it is really a tool for feeling and being. And I mean, I have a strict like love it or leave it policy. Like you really think about your closet as the most pristine real estate, whether it's like the crappiest of crap closet that you hate or the most, you know, exquisite Taj Mahal situation. It doesn't really matter. Everything that goes in there is a marketing tool. I mean, it's the same as like your business card, your website, what you're putting on social. Like think about how, how many times you would look at, you know, a banner or something that a web designer sends you. You're not going to just slap it up there because like, okay, it fit, it was on sale. 
it's here. I needed it done. You're going to send it back and be like, absolutely not. This font is not on brand. It needs to be this color. It needs to be like this. Standards. Yes. So we have to kind of use those those things that we do in everyday life and translate them back to ourselves to apply those standards. Yeah. These are standards. This is an act of self-worth, really. It's like saying, I'm worth this. I'm not going to compromise. Now, I have to say, I want to put this in a little bit of a caveat here. When I was first starting this process, I wasn't walking into stores and just throwing down my credit card because I didn't have like all the money in the world to, to do that. And And so I think if it's triggering you, like, what if I can't buy the $1,200 shoes? I want you to know you start where you start. Like, I did not start at Neiman's. I did not start at this this kind of expenditure. I started at a very different level, but I kept making decisions from that next place and stretching myself on this. And that was really an important part of my process. Do you have any suggestions for people on how they go about stepping into the truth of who they are and expressing their style, but on a budget per se? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and to your point, like, I truly believe this, like feels do not come from dollars. Like it's just like, it may happen to be, but that's not where it comes from. So the real key is going back to you and to make it very simple and tangible for the purpose of this call is going back to the like, ask yourself how you truly want to feel. And we're going to use our badass example because we talked about it a second ago. And if the 1999 clearance shoes give you the badass feel, then you have just nailed it. It's never really about price point. It's about setting the standard of who you want to be and how you want to feel and being completely aligned with that. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Okay, back to Paris. So- How did you, so last night I start looking at the board that she's pulled together about of different options for Paris. And the first thing that I click on is this freaking gorgeous black cape, unfreaking real. I'm like, how would you even describe that, Lee? It is so stunning. But so how would you describe it? And then how did you go about selecting that for me? Like, how did you figure that out? Okay. So number one, it's amazing. It's literally, it's literally like we were joking that it's going to need its own suitcase, which is quite possible. And we'll just give it its own suitcase because it's so fabulous to do that. But it's literally just a cape with fox fur around it. And it has this essence of glamour and badass and chicness all in one. But here you go. Glamour, badass, chicness. Like she just, here's here's the caveat for you. And I think this is important for a lot of people. It's so stinking effortless. It looks like you just were like, whoa, I just threw this on and walked out the door, which is the whole point of it. Totally. And and that is key because like you said a little while ago, like fussy is not where you live. That is not part of the standard. No. So I think that's super, super interesting because, so I'm going to connect a little dots for, for myself here. So fussy is not part of like how I do things. I, I want to look great and I want it to be effortless. Now let's define that. I spent, I don't know, 40 minutes talking to you last night. Okay. That's not without time and effort. Okay. It wasn't without intentionality. It wasn't without saying, okay, this is not my area of specialty. I need, need someone who's an expert to make this easier for me. But then I had to recognize 
effortless doesn't mean that there wasn't time put into it. I want everyone to know that, okay? Because it, it, I put time into it. But then when I wake up in the morning and I throw it on, that's the part because Lee has coached me on everything in the closet needs to work. That's the part of the effortless that needs when it's syncing with who you are and then it's super easy to to show up. So I think there was another point there that I uh, lost the train of thought on, but but the, well, the, that the, effort, one. <laughs> the effort list isn't without effort. Oh, I know what it was. When I started this process, I recognized that fashion was very challenging for me. I wanted to look good, but I didn't know how to pull it together. And that was an incredibly frustrating experience. And so I just, I'm, I'm just advocating for if that's you, if you're listening to this and that's you, know that you, there, there are experts out there who can help you. And in my process of, of working with different stylists over the years and, and, and experiencing this is that I start owning it as I do it. Like it becomes who I am and I'm, I'm so much clearer now. So how about, how about that as a talking point for you? How do you work with your clients as they evolve? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think it's, it's so important. I mean, there, there is a, a piece of my job where if I am doing it right, in a way you don't need me anymore until the next evolution. And I am beyond thrilled at that, right? Because then I have truly given you a gift, which is, you know, exactly how to align yourself, be, be the best version of yourself. Yeah. Um, but the cool part is there's always a new season and there's always next evolution. And it doesn't have to be this giant makeover, but it's sometimes just having somebody in your corner that can help you really truly see yourself in a bigger way. Um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of stylists are good at this, but like my true genius is taking your vision and holding it in the most protective way, because if it's right, I know it's right. And then I believe in you and the vision a thousand percent. And I can help you like weigh everything against that. I, I talk a lot about using almost like this metaphorical sifter. Like if you think about like or a colander, like you're washing blueberries, like you just, you need a standard and, and help letting the stuff that just isn't meant to be there, just let it go right through. And the amazing fruit just stays on the top. And that's you're what you're the for. filter. I love yeah. that. <laughs> I am the filter. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I want everyone to recognize Lee's energy. Okay. She's not intimidating. She's welcoming. She's uh, compassionate. She understands how this works. She has a huge amount of experience. When I first started this process, my biggest fear came true. This was long before you. This was years before I started working with you. My biggest fear came, came true. Like, and, and so the, the question for you as I tell this story is, how do you deal with the snotty salesperson? Okay, so I, I was not used to shopping in nice stores. Many of you m might be, but I was not. And when I went into Neiman's for the first time and Saks for the first time and Barney's for the first time, I was like, how do I act? Who am I? Like, everyone's looking at me. Everyone's judging me, right? I had all that, like, stuff coming up, even though on the outside I was cool and collected. And everyone was freaking lovely, except for the salesperson at Barney's, who 
said, no, we don't have jeans in her size, right? It was like the, like the look up and down, right? And then like down the nose, no, we're not going to have jeans in your size, right? Like, it was just like, ouch. And I, and I, in, in some ways I want to be bitter and irritated, but there was so much good that came out of that one, never treat people like that too, right? Like a recognition of that too, understanding that there are people in the world like that and that I'm resilient and guess what? Totally fine. And three, you know, she's right. They didn't have jeans in my size because I was because I was 25, 30 pounds over over my natural weight. And that that was just the reality of the situation. And I have a strong stance, Lee, as you know, like the, the universe is always working for you, not against you. And so I didn't take I, you know, I I was, I was a little hurt in the moment. I didn't react or anything. But then I was like, okay, how is this for me? And that's what triggered uh, a bunch of work to let go of the weight and get in better shape. And and I loved, I actually really loved that process. It was such a great, like, um, self-worth building process, strength building process, all of that. So, okay, the question is... Okay, there's so how much you, to unpack there. <laughs> I know, right? I, I mean, I've done a lot of thinking about this stuff. So uh, you got the mic. Okay, all right. So number one with the salesperson. It, I mean, to be totally honest, it's hard for me, like, just not to laugh because I, A used to be in sales and B was also in merchandising. So I understood the art of like, here is how you position things. So people buy it. And then there's also an art to here is how you speak and work with people. So people buy it. Um, so, so I really do laugh when, when you come across a person in that headspace, because what in the world are they doing? Like, like how, why would you not say, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. We actually don't have that here, but my friend yada yada at Nordstrom can totally help you. Here's the number. Right. And, and, and then I, think, I would have been a lifelong Barney's fan. Yes. Right. Right. So instead of smacking them down on a podcast, like I am right now. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just, but there, it doesn't matter the industry there, yeah, there no. are, there are always people like that. And I think it's also very interesting. There are a lot of stores that are set up in a extremely intimidating way. And I mean, I even used to feel intimidated and now it's like funny to me because I'm like, why would you set it up like this? This is not the way people want to buy things. Um, and I mean, I just, I tell people and I remind myself sometimes that they are here to make money and that happens to be their style and it's just not my style. So I'm going elsewhere. So, so there's that. Now let's talk about the, the weight thing for a second, because this is so prevalent in terms of people waiting on stepping into who they want to be because they are not at their ideal weight. Um, honestly, very honest story. I am getting ready to travel next week where I'll be on stage for three days and I am not at my ideal weight. Like at some point in the last few months, so I got to go try on stuff in my closet and figure out like what is going to truly make me feel good. Um, and, but, but it, it is just one of those things where I implore people, like, don't allow it to be something that stops you. 
Yeah. It can be something that you put a strategy around. Like if you, you know, I have lots of clients who are in the middle of a plan, they're working towards being and doing and looking a certain way that may be different than they are right now. But it doesn't mean that we don't have a strategy of like, all right, you're going here and here and here in one week, in a normal, typical week. Let's make sure that you have these three things in the closet that is for marketing purposes, right? that you know you're going to feel good in and then we we can adjust it doesn't have to be this like huge overwhelming thing that like just nails the head on the coffin that you know you're not where you want to be and I think that's where most people are 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 sitting yeah I think that I I agree 100% with that when I started this when I was doing that shopping trip I was not at my ideal weight, but I was still stepping. I wanted to dress differently. I wanted to look better in my clothes. And one of the things I learned on that trip was everything gets altered, right? Like the the Neiman's, like totally different sales person experience, the Neiman's person. And as, as people have heard me say, I'm like a Neiman's fan, right? The Neiman, because of this, because that salesperson, oh, we could riff completely on sales and how important it is, but that's oh, a that- total... Totally. We'll do a whole other podcast. (laughs) Totally. But that Neiman's stylist was like, oh, this, this is perfect. And oh no, everything needs to be altered. It just does. Nothing off the rack fits. Everything needs to be altered. And she just made it like the norm. And I was like, really? Is that true? I've been trying to get into off the rack clothes for my entire life and they never look good. Is that true? And sure enough, when I let go of some of the, the weight, the more things off the rack did work, but inevitably lots of things still don't, even though I got to my ideal weight and you, they had to be, they still have to be tailored to look like next level. So let's talk about body dysmorphia though. Okay. Because that's a big, I think that's a big thing. So how do you, and is it part of the conversations that you have with your clients help them with what I call body, what I, I, I'm not alone in this, what, what is called body dysmorphia, where you don't see your body accurately. So this is different than I'm going to put, put things on hold until I'm 20 pounds lighter or whatever it is. But this is where you actually don't like what you see in the, the mirror, no matter what, because you're, you're seeing, you have an inaccurate assessment. Yeah. So let me back up a second and say one thing and then I'll, and then I'll come into that. So I think something that's really important to remember that you do not know, unless you have had sort of the inner workings from the fashion industry or the sales industry as I have. So number one, brands are creating clothing sizes off of fit models. So fit models are not what people think, like it's not Barbie, it's not whatever it is. They have decided this is the demographic for this particular brand. They are the average size, whatever. This is what they look like. And they use a fit model and everything goes up and down from there. And that's why some brands you're like, dang, this was made for me. And some brands you're like, what in the world? It's because their perceived demographic body shape just may not be yours. So to your point, Amira, it, it, it can often just be as simple as some tiny tweaks. And I think one of the one of the other things to mention is that like we found a a tailor who comes to your house. So a lot of times one of the biggest hangups is the time that it takes, or, you know, finding the right people. They exist and they will often sometimes come to you. That was a so, freaking by the way, like Lee earned her her 
her feet her like in so many ways but, <laughs> but like that was such a freaking breakthrough to me for me that someone could come to my house I he would stand in the bathroom as I was in my closet I would try things on and he would be like do, 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 do. okay and like half an hour later and Lee's on the other side of the FaceTime, like making commentary and they're working together, two pros. And I don't have to be going, I don't know how to make this decision. It was, it was a freaking breakthrough. So I'm incredibly grateful for that because. Well, I'm so yeah. glad that worked out. Um, but so, so there's this concept of remembering that like brands design for specific shapes, which is, which means that you cannot tie your body shape and judge your body shape off of specific brands. We have to find the ones that are most strategic for you or figure out how to make them work. Second point to that is law of statistics with shopping is 50% of what you take into a dressing room or ship into your house will not work. And there, this, this association with value and like, you know, feeling good about if, when you go shopping and something didn't work, like, you know, it starts to weigh on like you in a, in a weird way and has nothing to do with you. That was just the 50% that is never going to work ever. Move on.com. Like that's that. I just want to pause there. That is such okay. a great stat because not only the, the piece about like different brands have different fits that I didn't, I, I assume something like that because you have go-to brands for me and you're like, do, 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 do. And then I'll throw in, how about this? And you're like, yeah, you can try it. And I, <laughs> I now know, like I've, I've worked with you for enough time now that I now know when she says that, that means it's not going to fit. Like it's not the right, it's not the right brand. So she saves me a lot of uh, time that way. And sometimes I still buy it anyway and then send it back. But well, and um, you do never know. I mean, like yeah. it's, it's just a, it's a little bit of a crapshoot shopping. Yeah. And that's why knowing that statistic in the back of your head is really important. Cause like, it's just how it is. Yeah. Because otherwise the, the mental game is so much harder. Like having that statistic makes the inner game, the mental, uh, approach, your perspective, how you're looking at things easier to be for you rather than the net, like plug into that negative critical voice. Okay. So the other switch is, is the simple switch of the clothes exist to work for you. Yeah, love it. So that's a completely different perspective than I put this on and hope it looks good on me. The clothes exist to do the work for you. Yeah. And so if you put something on and it's not helping you, that is, that's, it's like, it's like a receptionist that answers the phone rudely. She is not for your company. Like she got to go. Same with this shirt that doesn't do the work for you. It's got to go. Totally. hundred percent. And you move on. Okay. So let's shift gears here. Tell me about your new book. And this is uh, a leading question, but also I don't know about your new book. I know about so many other things uh, in your life and your business, but I don't know about your new book, which is called Strategically Suited. So yes. what inspired it? And uh, who's it for? Tell us a little bit about it. Okay. So here, this show and tell for those watching, we have the cover. So strategically suited is the tagline is your secret edge to grow sales and get new clients because my MO on this game of styling is not about being a stylist. It's about helping people really reach their unlimited potential. And so my way to do that is for people who are here to get new clients and increase sales. 
And so the book really walks you through one, the mindset of how you create a identity that helps you do that. And then there's a formula that it walks you through that allows you to kind of have a check and balance system of, all right, here's where I am hitting the mark and here's where I am completely missing the boat. And the exciting part is that it just came out on Audible, brand new on Audible. So the the hard copy has been around, but the Audible is new and and Dude, I read it myself. You did. I yes, I love that. I really, I really they appreciate like, it. When, Would you like to hire a reader? And I was like, no. No. I love and ironically, the author's they voice. Make you pay more. You pay more if you read it yourself. No kidding. I said, that'll be fine. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Well worth it. Well worth it. I love it. Okay. So before I ask my final questions, where can people find you? Uh, They can find you on Audible, but how else can they connect with you? Yeah, probably the easiest place is to go to the website, prosperousimage.com. And it'll tell you a little bit about what we do and how we use creating an amazing style, both for you and your entire business so that you really create this entire aligned persona that subconsciously people are dying to buy from. I love it. I love it. Okay. So how do you, so my brand, the unstoppable woman is all about growth, right? How growing yourself and growing your business. So I'd love to know how you continue to grow yourself. What are some of the things that you've done recently to, to help yourself grow? Well, I am obsessed with Audible. Um, so I find that if I am not listening to Audible, it, it's kind of a weird twofold thing. Um, I'm obsessed with Audible and I'm also obsessed with my dog. So I marry them together and I, I try and walk a couple of miles each day while walking the dog and listening to Audible And it's sort of amazing the inspiration that can come from there. So that's like a very, that happened during COVID. Like it became, this is the standard of my day. I walk the dog and I listen to Audible no matter what. I love it. I love it. I'm a big fan of the very same thing. So that's great. Yeah. And then I've got a, you know, I've got a, I've got a routine in the morning um, that I love to do. Part of it is gratitude journal. Part of it is Donald Miller's exercise of, actually reading your obituary. And I find it very powerful. Wow. I love that. That's very cool. I want to hear more about that. Okay. Okay. (laughs) So what makes you an unstoppable woman? Oh, this is a fun question. Yeah. I just would be so sad if people that I had the opportunity to help truly step into their potential if I didn't have that chance. And so that's what keeps me up at night. Like, so unless I am constantly growing into my own limitless potential, then I'm out of alignment with that goal. So that is, that kind of answers your first question too. Is like, that is, that is truly the fuel to my own growth. And then I just really believe that I am here on this planet to inspire people to truly be their best. And I happen to do it in a very specific way. And I think I do it in a pretty fun a fun way. I agree. Well, I just want to thank you so much, Lee, for joining the program, coming on the podcast, but also for your incredible energy and the way that you show up, not just on this podcast, but every single time I speak with you, like you have this grounded clarity. You have a strong stance in this world that if it's not right, it's not right. Like you have standards 
And I love that. Like it's, 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 um, it's an inspiration to, I, and I hope it's an inspiration to our listeners that you can create higher and higher standards for yourself and you don't have to be someone you're not to create that standard, that this is really about claiming who you are and you're such a great uh, living proof and representation of that. So thank you oh, for sharing you. everything. I'm going to come on here every day and just get my little, <laughs> little psyche boost. Yeah. Okay. Thanks a lot, Lee. Awesome, awesome chatting with you. And I hope our listeners just get so much out of this. Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks so much for joining us and being part of the Unstoppable Woman movement. We have got a ton of free resources for scaling your business at theunstoppablewoman.com slash free stuff. And you can find that link in the description below. So go ahead and check those out. And we'd also love your help in getting our message out to more and more women. If you'd be willing to share this video with all the unstoppable women in your life, that would be fantastic. And while you're at it, hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Reviews, likes, and comments are greatly appreciated. We go in and read them all. So thank you for those. And thanks for listening and be unstoppable.